From the studios of 2SER in Sydney, Australia to the world, this is a Gay Waves podcast, proudly produced on Gadigal Land. Good evening, dear listeners. This is Nikki Fashion on Gay Waves 107.3 to SERFM. And tonight we have a fantastic treat, an amazing legend of Oxford Street, of Darlinghurst, of many, many venues. The former licensee at Kinsella's, the assistant venue manager at Oxford Hotel, the former manager at Annie's Bar, friend to all bears and general legend, may I present, dear listeners, the fabulous Miss Penny D. Well, thank you for having me on board, darling. Gorgeous. Thank you so much for coming to see us tonight. I'd like to say long time, long time no see, but I've seen you quite frequently and we go back a very, very long way. We, I, I was going to ask you that. How long have we known each other? Because we met in preschool. So... <laughs> So, so I think it's about 26 years. It, I counted it today, it's 26 years. It is 26 years. It oh, I feel good now. Years. Yes, yes. I would you... have passed one of those friend tests yeah. on Facebook. <laughs> 26 years. It was, uh, it was even before Annie's Bar. Was, uh, was it, wait, was it four years, but we just were at Annie's Bar in the toilets? <laughs> <laughs> we spent a very long time in there. Very long time in the toilets, when in fact it was only 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know, you know, listeners. And if you don't, it doesn't matter. We won't tell you. No. <laughs> no, no, that'll be for the podcast. Yes. But um, 26 glorious years. So we met before Annie's Bar. We did. We used to go and do the metros. Yes. And we used to be doing all of that. And then we we, we were doing the shift. Yes. And then... We um, did that shift. We did. Well, yeah, we, we were shifted uh, we, in, in overdrive. We, we were the shift. <laughs> and we then uh, Joe got Annie's Bar. I was still on tour with Carlotta. Yes. And then um, I would see you infrequently whilst I was back into Sydney. Yes. And then I took over Annie's Bar with Joe, and then that's when um, I was there on a more full-time basis. That was so fabulous. They were some really amazing years. For anyone that doesn't know, um, we will we will go into Annie's Bar later, but Annie's Bar was like the Studio 54 of Sydney. It that, really was, wasn't that, it? That people didn't know about. And if you knew where it was, you were one of the lucky human beings. And the group there were ridiculous. We got up to so much mischief. It was so dark. It would be so hot and moist inside. Sweat would be dripping off the ceiling. I know. And there'd be shows for days. And I don't mean just on the stage. Like on Sundays, they would cover the pool table with um, a wood panel. Yes, that's like correct. A t- like a cover. We tried to have the pool co- the pool go- pool table go in there and we had to cover it. No, no. People were trying to eat the felt, I think. I was doing <laughs> something there. I remember someone there grabbed me one night and they said, oh, I'm dying. I said, yes, we're all dying slowly and a couple of weeks later they said no I actually thought I was dying I was like oh well you know sitting around the pool table but that's we'll get back to the delicious Annie's bar because there's thousands of tales for that um so you're originally from Brisbane I was born in Brisbane but I was raised in far north Queensland so I was raised in Townsville, Cairns, Mareeba and Weeper Weeper at the very top of Cape Tribulation. Oh, you don't want to meet one of them at the club, do you? A no, weeper? No, I think they're all dead. <laughs> Reminds me of an ointment if he's a weeper. <laughs> a weeper. <laughs> or antibiotics. Yes, something. So, how was it? Was it redneck in that area of Queensland? How did you go up there? My childhood was the worst 
anyone could imagine. Oh, love. It was awful. I looked like a girl. I was very effeminate. I was brought up in a very redneck family. Right. And uh, every day was a struggle. I was bashed every day at oh, school. It was awful. Love, I'm so sorry. That's terrible. So, did you stayed there until school finished, or did you run out early, or did you? <coughs> well, did you come straight to Sydney after Queensland? High school wasn't great, yeah. so I left in year. I left at year ten, went back for part of year eleven, and then as soon as I was of legal age, I moved to Brisbane, and that was Expo eighty eight, World Expo eighty eight. Yes. And as soon as that finished, I made I made two gay friends in Brisbane, and I didn't know you could have a gay friend. Oh. I thought you just had to sleep with everyone that was gay. Oh. <laughs> In the parks no, that's and in just the Sydney. toilets. That's just Sydney. And we moved to Canberra. Oh. So I moved to Canberra for a little bit and oh. then went from Canberra to Sydney for a little bit and moved back to Sydney. This was all in a period of six month uh, lots. Yeah. And then yeah. on my 20th birthday, I was in Canberra and I'd already learned to dress up. Oh. And on my 20th birthday, I went, that's it, I'm going full time. Wow. Mm. I want to be a woman. You were so sure. That's amazing. Uh, absolutely, because I've never seen, never seen it before in my entire life. No. So as soon as I saw something semblance of it in Brisbane, moved to Canberra and met gay friends, and they're like, "Put a dress on, mine to a number." And I oh, don't need to ask me twice. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Like I think I think they have to sort of put security near the stage to keep us off it. Yes, that's <laughs> so true. That's amazing. And so you, after after Canberra, you ended up in Sydney. What was your first experience on the scene in Sydney? Or, um, or, or is that for the podcast? <laughs> well, my first experience was how fabulous. And I'm, I'm ginning around in a dress. Yep. And then, but I also thought, I made this decision, I'll never have sex again. My first night out in Sydney, I had these men just at my feet crawling over each other and I'm like oh wow decision well made I went home with somebody on my first night as a trans and I'm like oh no looking back now oh bless well I must say you've always been a very fetching woman so well there's been a little bit of enhancement along the way oh but you you know I was the ugly duckling I must admit you certainly were not the ugly duckling and you always looked fetching I remember you once in a a beautiful white long flowing dress and you said that everything was free underneath <laughs> but you looked so natural like it was just so like you just looked like you'd come off the beach or well back in know. the day that that, that that was pretty much the look as I've gotten older and longer in the tooth especially for stage there's a lot more emphasis uh, to the look as we speak I am gluing a hairline wig on my head and let me say that the the height of that hair is holy I'm in love with it isn't it huge I love it the higher the hair the closer to God and Jesus is calling you darling (laughs) I'm not ready yet no 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 he's just applauding the height of your hairs (laughs) it's really fabulous but you've had some incredible wigs lately like you just Because I I don't get out much, so I sort of live on Facebook, and so I see all my friends on Facebook, and I'm going, gosh, she got some good hairs there. Well, I I think I got stuck into a rut at Kinsella's uh, uh, for those... I was there for 10 years. Yes, we're we're going to get to that. No drag uh, or or competition there, and then once I uh, came over to Oxford... I'm working with RuPaul Drag Race contestants. Right. And then uh, Jackie St. Hyde, 
who is the, uh, the oh, resident showgirl. I, lo- I love Jackie. Isn't Jackie She's amazing? She's a lovely human being. She's so nice and She's great really to work nice. with. Yeah, I did well, a Mardi Gras show with her. She grabs all my wigs or one at a time and she goes, let me restyle that for you. Let me. She's like, so girl. She's, yeah, she's like, girl, let me fix that up for you. So uh, for the last 12 months, Jackie Sinhide has been uh, exclusively doing my wigs. And it's just, wow. it's like almost like a reinvention. I feel like Madonna, but without the craziness. Without the collapsing with full of germs. Yeah, um, <laughs> the bacterial infection. I wonder where that was. What cavity? Oh, all of them with her <laughs> rotten old hoe. Old gristle tits, that's what yeah. I call her. <laughs> <laughs> so appropriate. The wigs are fabulous. Now, let's just quickly go back. So have you ever had, um, oh, and your first show was in Canberra, did you say? Yeah, uh, my first show was in Canberra. Do you remember yeah. the number? I uh, uh, Yes, The Only Way Is Up, by, by what was her name, Yaz? Yaz. Yeah, and I had hairy armpits. Oh, my God, I can tell you a funny story about that, that song. Yes. So many years ago, I may have caught a certain Dot Dingle uh, at a nightclub very early in the morning and, and com- um, convinced him to do a number for a Felix Feist's birthday, except the number was The Only Way Is Up and it was in a cherry picker in Rainford Street, Surrey Hills, oh! because Felix lived on the third floor apartment and I lied to the entire street and gave them all these bodgy council approval numbers and Dot Dingle rang me the next day because I got him when he was... Uh, a little j- jovial and he said what have you done I said you've said yes now Queen and he had to do it and there's I've got one photocopied picture of it and him just singing <laughs> in a cherry picker in a cherry picker <laughs> so I love that song I know uh, so that was your first song too my oh my song. god I yeah. love that and then you have you had any formal training for acting or anything like that because you're very good on the stage um, I did a little bit of training when I went to Brisbane in 1988 as a boy yeah and I did a few months acting training, but it was going nowhere because they they tried to typecast us. Yeah. And I was very uh, I was very funny in the ablib yep. uh, situations. Yes, you are. But it went nowhere. So um. Oh. No, it went nowhere. So. Oh, well, they, oh. I just. Oh, I nearly made this podcast only. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how could they not see your potential for ad libbing? Because, because you're I was so a good. skinny little gay boy and back then there was no diversity. I oh, know. You're either you're you're put you're pigeonholed. Yeah, you had to do whatever or however no work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. So be, before Annie's bar, you were did you say you were travelling with the show? Yeah, uh, so when I moved to uh, Sydney formally, I'd done a, a couple of years up in Queensland and a little bit more time back in Brisbane. I was uh, doing drag shows uh, competently or I was getting good work for it, but then I moved to Sydney trying to break into the scene and I was working with Simone Troy and yes. the likes of that yep. um, out there at those pollies. Um, oh, yeah, they're good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Simone Troy would uh, always have me write everything up. I'd be the special guest and oh. we sort of had a couple of run-ins sometimes and um, then all of a sudden one day Carlotta calls me, the Carlotta. Yeah. And she goes, uh, Simone gave me your um, number. I'd like you to come and audition. Oh. I'm doing a break-off show. I've left Lay Girls and I'm touring, going to do a tour Australia. Oh. So I went in and auditioned and then I had to... Uh, I had to, which I did absolutely thank Simone for the break because then we travelled Australia. She didn't throw ball bearings on the first show, did she? (laughs) (laughs) No, quite the opposite. She just was like, 
Remember, Queen, I got you this gig. Oh, well, that's good. That was beautiful. Yeah, that's really sweet. Because sometimes it can be difficult when, not anyone in particular that I'm talking about, but as professional ladies, if you come across someone that's in the same industry and they're jealous, they can make your life hell. Well, I was the most inexperienced out of the entire cast. The whole cast had already been set. I was the last one. Oh, gosh. Mm. So I was a little bit rebellious as well because I did sort of get, um, oh, I don't know, a little bit roughhousing or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, a little bit of hazing. That's the word, hazing. A little bit of hazing. Hazing. Jackie, Jackie, one of the girls, used to say, um, you look amazing on stage. Up close, not so much. <laughs> what are we? We used to send postcards saying it's beautiful here. Wish you were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, I know. And how long did you tour with Carlotta for? On and off for three years. Uh, then she did the last year, and I had left the cast to go and run Annie's bar. Oh. And then in the last, the last show week she was disbanding it yep. on, on that fourth year her final shows were at the Hilton and uh, I got called back to work at the Hilton oh they only get the good ones back for the big shows well it was pretty good but I was uh, in there with the old girls that was good and um, it was it was I was very grateful and funnily enough the catering manager of the Hilton was a lady I worked with as a boy for a moment oh. in 1989 at Proud's Jewelers in the City. Oh my God. She was my department supervisor. Did she? She had no fucking idea she until didn't. I told her. She didn't clock She didn't it. know what to say. Oh I my God, that's remember good. we worked together and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. She just was like, oh yeah, okay. She couldn't get out of the room quick enough. Ah. Oh, she was very, very heterosexual. Some people, is it just, it's sad. I feel sad for them. Um, when they get so awkward and it's like it's usually something um, of their their own homosexual tendencies that they're fighting I always against. thought she was bloody a little bit lesbian. Correct, mm. right? And they're usually the people who go, it's like, um, so I was brought up in Lakemba and I used to always say, I'm not gay, bro, I just suck my dick. You know, like, <laughs> they're all on the down low and it's like... None of you are riding bicycles. Why is everybody shaving their legs, boys? You know, what's, yes. go- what's going on here? I don't think, I don't think you get yeah, oh, yeah. I don't think your girlfriend likes it. Um, now, you did say so you, you you did that, you went to the Hilton for the for the last show of the, the Lay Girls tour mm-hmm. with Carlotta, and then Studio fifty four in Sydney, the hallowed ground where we all went to the School of Hard Knocks, um, Annie's Bar. Annie's Bar. How amazing was that? The front bar was full of um, <laughs> pensioners and straight people and, uh, and people council who workers. And poker machines. And we had four poker machines in the front and then out the back, Thursday night to Sunday night was all uh, choreographed drag shows. Oh. And then Saturday day, Sunday day and Monday day were day clubs. It was pandemonium. <laughs> day clubs. I would be out, coming back in the morning to, of course, clock on and pretend to do something behind the bar. Oh, yes. And I remember one weekend, a group of uh, patrons coming from the other closed venues found a mattress on the side of the road, (laughs) dragged the mattress to the front of Annie's bar and had a nap on the footpath until we arrived. Yeah. So, that was cat. Annie's bar was so unique. I think we were so lucky that we could have like the shows even I had a six month run there with like and 
for, for a lesbian to have a, a, any night, and it was a Friday night at a drag venue, I can't believe how mm. blessed I was. And then it, the fact that I was the place where I clubbed all weekend, it didn't hurt at all. And we just all knew each other. We were a very close knit group. It was a and family. You, yeah, you had to. Yeah, you had to be in the know because we did have security the on the door. We did. Yes, we did have security on the door. Thank goodness. And um, and I remember beautiful jewellery that you used to wear. I remember a beautiful necklace you used to wear. It was a crystal necklace with the. Oh my God! <laughs> yes. Remember I never, that? I never forgot that. It was just a beautiful little Swarovski crystal necklace, listeners, and um, it, ha- it was a, a lovely little. Um, it, it, the, the shape of the pendant was the shape of a, a of a little. Um, what was that shape? It was almost cylindrical. Yes. Was it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. But you always dress so beautifully, and I also remember another night when I needed to have a little. I just needed to sit down and think about things for a minute, and you kindly offered me your apartment in Annie's bar. The apartment was upstairs. upstairs. And I remember you had this sculpture on the um, the speaker of a head. It was like a, a clay head or something. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember coming back downstairs and telling you all the things that that head had said to me. Because I didn't quite rest when I was lying down. <laughs> it was a, it was a, um, an abstract kind of head, and it, it was, was on a base it was. and a pole. Yes. And I think I can't remember what is, but I remember the head. And um, yeah, that was a bonding moment. That was when I thought, oh, sometimes, yeah, she's a little bit weird. <laughs> she's a bit weird. But I remember that was one of the first times I'd seen cable TV not in a hotel room, and I was like, I'll be fine here. Star Trek's on. Because we had the cable in in the main bar downstairs, oh. so we had it. We were able to pipe it up through into oh. into the apartment. I just was I was so mesmerised that at ten o'clock in the morning I was watching original Star Trek or something. I was like, <laughs> I'm fine. Well, I used to watch the History Channel and stuff oh. nonsense like that. Yeah, I love it. But I remember coming downstairs and I got a round of applause for coming down the stairs because it, it was all about achievements in Annie's bar. It was all about achievements. If you could achieve things, but it was a it was a wonderful time in in our lives and I wonder with all the shows that were there did you have a favorite one over all the years look I don't know if I had a favorite one but my favorite time of the week was Sunday afternoon because um, the show would be amazing and remember all these shows won awards yes but Portia would jump on that microphone and do the whole talk spot and it would go for 20 minutes sometimes and uh, Maxie and I were talking about this the other day. Uh, Portia could uh, describe her uh, her adventure eating a cheese sandwich, but where the where she went with it would be so funny. Yeah. And of course, we were so um, intoxicated. Um, we were pissing ourselves yeah. laughing. Hence, why we'd need that bloody board on the pool table because we'd be laying back laughing our guts out. And it was an effort to get back up. It was. Sometimes we just needed to rest. A Do you bit. remember that we um actually lost two hand basins in the toilets? Did you know that? No. <laughs> on two different occasions, because that would end up being a, a little reception area in the toilets. Oh, I know. And Hillary Eternity oh. would go and hold court, but then she'd prop herself up on the and on she the was hand. A, she's a very tall lady. She's a very tall lady. Very yes. big girl. And. and ripped out of the wall and no sooner did we get it fixed and then a couple of weeks later I go 
The other one's gone too now. Oh, no. Yeah. I remember helping out as a glassy once um, just to do something. Actually, so, you did it more than once. But I remember uh, I'd come straight from the shift, so I was delightful. And I said to everyone, I'll tell you what, I'll make us all a cup of coffee so we can, you know, soldier on. And everyone's like, oh, great. And I took everyone's order and I made all the cups of coffee and I even made myself one. Um, except for some reason, I'd made myself a couple of a cup of hot water with sugar and milk in it, <laughs> and everyone else had a coffee. I didn't have a coffee, and I just sat there drinking it, going, "I, I just, I just you can't." Know I, I, I knew what I'd done, and I was oh, like, "I did? just can't do any more now." I couldn't pick up glasses. But um, was there? Tell me, in all the years of shenanigans, was there anything that you recall at Annie's bar that was like? A showstopper. You're like, I cannot believe that. Besides the bed out the front, that was pretty good. That's um, pretty funny. Well, I do remember a moment going back to a recovery party. Yeah. Before we went to Annie's bar, and um, we might have uh, picked up some party tricks, and um, somebody paid for them. Well, at the recovery party, they hadn't turned up. Oh. So somebody might have shafted one of the party tricks oh. no no sooner did that happen that the financier turned up so this person then had to run to the bathroom oh remove the oh, party trick no wipe it not wash it <laughs> and just threw it straight back down there and said oh here you go here's yours yeah. oh my god what a what a shitty thing to do what is it? <laughs> Or the time that we had the pool table upstairs and some naughty customers had taken drugs and were unresponsive. Oh, wow. And because it was upstairs, ambulance couldn't remove them. Oh. So search and rescue had to be called in. <laughs> Three lanes of traffic were stopped. Oh, I'm, I'm not. I'm laughing, but I'm not laughing. I'm laughing. Everyone was fine. Every, everyone came out of it all okay. Yeah. But Channel Seven were downstairs. Oh, gee. Waiting for one of us to walk outside. Oh no, it was really a unique place because we kind of we got I away mean, with murder. We got away with murder, and um, and it was the nineties, and it was a little. I don't know, the circumstances, the substances, the alcohol, whatever it was back then, people were friendlier. I think so. In, I those, think so. in those crowds. It was a far more unique crowd. So we, 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 weren't getting, uh, we weren't getting people from the suburbs that aren't necessarily gay or bi. Or, or we, we weren't getting all that rough housing kind of crowd. Yeah. We were just getting that one unique crowd that um, knew the rules, knew the regulations, to agree, was so well behaved, but didn't also bring bring that kind of negative trouble trouble with them. Yeah, yeah, amazing. So after Annie's bar, where did you where did you go? Did you go straight to Kinsella's? Oh, no, I went to Queensland. You went to Queensland. I went to Queensland for a few years. I went wow. and performed at the Wickham Hotel. Oh yes. Yes, so I was very proud of that, and uh, Queensland was an amazing gig. Um, I was doing six days a week there. Wow. So I was very pleased with that. I stayed up there for four years. I moved back down here and I went straight into Arc, Arc Sydney. Of course. I knew there was going to be some gaps in my research because basically I went under a rock after Annie's bar. <laughs> <laughs> and I forget things sometimes because it was the 90s and I was very busy doing a lot of shows and sometimes things slip my mind. <laughs> Um, so you've had, so Ark, you would. I was at Ark for a couple of years yeah. and I was um, 
I was doing my own night there once a month, but then I was working every weekend on the door. Yeah. And I was also hosting all the shows on the weekend. Yeah. So that was really good. And uh, Michael Slaven gave me that opportunity. We love Michael Slaven. We love Michael Slaven. We love him. So that happened. Yeah. And then I went from there to Stonewall. Stonewall? Mm. That must have been when I went under a rock because I don't remember you at Stonewall. Yeah, I was at Stonewall for or, a few years. Or, or my catchphrase is often, was I there? <laughs> um, <laughs> we, that came from Amsterdam one year and it, it was, there was all these photos and I looked at them and I was in them all and I was like, but was I there? And they were like, oh, yeah, kind of. <coughs> um, okay, so Stonewall. Mm. Okay. Stonewall, Stone, I fucked up at Stonewall. I doubt that. I did. I, um, I got into... Um, drugs and uh, I, I just I ruined my reputation at the time and so Stonewall let me go and uh, I went into just retail public retail uh, work yeah and uh, then the opportunity at the taxi club arose and I'd had worked on and off over the years at the taxi club anyway yeah and then I got the gig at the taxi club and I was there for maybe 12 months and then uh, taxi club were closing down and then Kinsella's approached me. Wow. So that's how I, I got my foot in the door doing a drag show at Kinsella's on a Friday night. Within the month, they had me doing the Saturday night and they asked me, have you ever done trivia before? And I'm like, yeah, sure, no worries, love trivia. Would you do trivia Haven't on the Wednesday Haven't you met my friends? And I'm like, um, <laughs> I do trivia all the time. No, I, I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, really? I've been to a trivia event but I, I'd never hosted trivia. I had it all laid out wrong. Thank God somebody at the beginning of the first trivia night goes, no, that's not how it's done. Let's rectify this. And then I ended up doing trivia there for years. You really, like, I, I've got to say, like, you really turned the venue around when you got your hands on it. You've done, I, it, I loved you've it. done it there. You've I loved done it, it there. here. Um, but yeah, I, I, like I really noticed the difference in my uh, from under my rock. With but I had Facebook under the rock. Um, but I really noticed that yeah, I'm like, wow, she's got a lot of stuff going on, and there's people going to the venue again, and it seemed friendly. It had the vibe where it was welcoming. It was really a credit to you. Thank you, I appreciate that. Oh, you're more than welcome. Like I, I do notice these things. So <laughs> now that I'm conscious, now that it's past the nine, out from the rock, out from the rock. Um, so, how do you bring the soul back into a venue? And thank you. It's the team. It really is. It's yeah. the team. You, as long as you've got good staff behind the bar and a great management team that have a positive um, outlook towards what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and then showgirls. We've got we've got some of the biggest showgirls here. Oh and yes. Yeah. We have to be very proud of that. And uh, we have entertainment um, six nights a week. And so it's good, and we've got such diverse entertainment, you yeah. know. We've got all of them. We've got some RuPaul drag queens, and we've got Coco and Maxie, Jackie Sunhai. She's here a majority of the week. And not only are they doing shows like Marilyn does a bingo, I do a trivia. Jackie Sunhai does Cards Against Humanity. Oh God, I love that. Oh I my love God, that game. you have no idea how inappropriate it is. I know, I love it. Oh. I love it. If I, I had no idea that that was being on offer here. You might even get me out of the house. Oh, I might have to discard my rock. It's it is hilarious. Oh my I was gosh. spinning on my back the other night like a teenage mutant ninja turtle, oh. and Jackie's just she she just loses the plot. She just laughs so much, oh. and the crowd love her. It's, it's really good. I'm just going to put a note in, in this interview to our producer, Mark. Mark, I think there should be a Gay Waves outing. 
gay waves against humanity. You'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So the move to the Oxford Hotel, was it for any particular reason? Or? Well, this company, yep. the Universal Group, yep. owned Kinsella's. Yep. They were offered, an, and they don't sell their venues, yeah. but they were offered an amount that they couldn't refuse. Sometimes a price is... It works. It was an amazing. It was an amazing offer and opportunity. So they sold Kinsella's. Yeah. And I was licensee at the time. Yeah. So I stayed with the sale. Yeah. But within four to five weeks, I wanted to leave. Yeah. But I wasn't allowed to just come over. I had to wait or come to any other venue. I had to wait for a, a position to be advertised, uh, and right, I had to apply right, for the position. Right. So as soon as the position became available I applied for it and I've been here since wow because there's and as you said there's so many different events at the Oxford so many and I noticed that you're a mama bear so I am mama bear how did you get in with the bears because I mean I love the bears as you noticed I came in wearing one (laughs) um but they love you the bears were brought over um to Kinsella's about seven years ago and then I came on board with the Bears just as in a hostessing role. Uh, and then the Bears were doing a, a free barbecue. So I'm like, oh, can I get off the door? And I'll go cook the barbecue, all well and good. And then I'd, I'd host all their raffles and, and whatnot. And then, of course, I left there. The Bears stayed at Kinsella's for just under 12 months after the sale. Yep. And then they were feeling, uh, uh, just setting out their... Um, talents to see if there was anything available in another venue yep, yep. and I just said oh look you could always um, come over to Oxford ah. and the Bears have been here for oh, over a year now about a year and a half because ah, our producer is a bear so he'll be one of those gentlemen that loves you that comes in here on a regular basis oh, he, well if he doesn't he should um, you'll, you'll know Mark he's very very tall and his hair is usually th- those colours <laughs> he does he changes it every week it's very fabulous so during World Pride, what I was I was so blown away and so impressed because, as I said, it's hard to get me out of the house even with a crowbar and a can of Crisco. So I was very fussy about which events I would go to during World Pride. However, when I saw the Legends Bar at the Oxford Hotel, I was like, get out of my way, gays, and give me a front row seat because... I was so excited. One, by the amount of talent that you sourced for those shows. Two, by the showmanship of that talent, the professionalism, the banter. It was just... And then the crowd. Again, you did it again. It was a really good You did it again night. without Brittany. And um, <laughs> uh, they were, look, I, I went to both. I liked it so much, I came back. And, and, um, but it was just so fantastic. And everybody seemed to feel the same way. Everyone felt like it was the old days. It was a little bit of, of nostalgia, wasn't it? It was, but in a good way. In a good way. A good and it way. was nice to have a few girls that don't perform here and aren't necessarily on the strip, yes. but it gave them an opportunity to be a part of World Pride smack bang on Oxford Street, yes. which went over so well. And then the crowd loved it too. Oh. We had international guests coming in for it. It was lovely. I've, I've got to say, I hadn't had the pleasure of... Um, I've never met uh, Vonnie. Oh, Vonnie. Oh, Vonnie from uh, Adelaide. Yes. Vonnie Britt-Watkins, is it? Uh, yes, that's correct. That girl is funny. 
Bonnie is so amazing. Bonnie. Look at those costumes. And the costumes and the legs and the body and the showmanship. I was like, how have I not seen this woman before? Yeah. She's oh. one of the original lay girls. Oh. Yeah. Amazing. So that was, really that was a feather legends. in my cap. They really were legends. And the whole night you performed and I wanted to steal every fucking outfit that you had. Oh, well, they're all hanging down there now. Great. Well, I'll just pretend I'm Jiffly and I'll steal everything. Um, but the, it was just such a wonderful thing. So where did the idea originate for the legends? Did you... Well, no, it, I, I, I wanted to do something similar to that on a, on a, like a Monday night. And Monday night, there's just nothing happening. But then when World Pride was here, they said, let's, let's think about doing your legends nights on those two nights as opposed to the trivia. Because who's to say we're going to get anyone in for trivia? And it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to showcase those queens that aren't working on the strip, yeah, bring them into the yeah. strip and allowing them to perform to international guests for two weeks for all those people that never normally see these other talents because sometimes they don't necessarily get out to the suburbs. They might just stick around to this area, yeah. to this uh, postcode. Yeah. Wow. Well, I thought it was a standout World Pride event and what I'd like to know is will we see the Legends Bar in the future? Uh, we're thinking... And if you don't say yes, then I'm going to write a letter because I'm that old. Ah! No, well, I, we definitely we definitely will be doing that again for Mardi Gras next year. Fantastic. But uh, we also, we're thinking about... Well, we're looking at uh, different options, but we're also thinking about other big longer weekends. You know, yes. when we've got long weekends yep. on. Yep. Uh, showcasing that sort of thing again. Uh, upstairs as opposed to what we already have in main bar because we have such great talent in main bar as well wow but yeah we definitely want to do something like that again leading up to mardi gras next year uh not just have our normal but have more oh does it work for us this year i'm i'm gonna be sitting outside waiting until march <laughs> like i really love on a mattress it. possibly not <laughs> do you know atlanta did that at our house once in helston park when daisy used to live downstairs she found um she stole the sign from the pub next door that said we open at eight and she put that at my front gate <laughs> and then she took a she took a, a some sort of bedding out of daisy's house and <coughs> i woke up with michael whitmore in the doorway because I you know when you just know someone's watching you when you're asleep and I'm like why is there someone in my house <laughs> and I woke up and Michael Whitmore was doing Marlena Dietrich and he said mummy you have to come downstairs and Atlanta was had an umbrella and was walking along the fence doing a show and Daisy was lying on the mattress and I'm like what happened I was just asleep for a few hours <laughs> so it must be a thing must be an Annie's bar thing. You grab a mattress, you do a show. <laughs> well, I think I think those that were part of those Annie bar days, um, they had just that unusual theatrical quirkiness about them, oh. and you sort of you do lose it a bit in in today's generation. You do. They we we were inventive because we didn't we couldn't Google everything. No. Because there was no phone. There was no no. Thank God there was no phones. Otherwise, we'd all be in prison. That's and, true. Um, That's and, true. And all, not for what you Facebook think, blocked, folks. Facebook blocked. Oh right, right. <laughs> Or, or in Guantanamo Bay or something, you know, something like that. But it was just such a wonderful uh, time. And now you are crushing it at the Oxford. Like, Loving it here. So many events. Tonight's trivia, yes? Tonight's trivia, yeah, as wow. we speak. And so for anybody that wants to see what the fabulous Miss Penny D is up to, you can check the Oxford Hotel website or their Facebook pages, or you can message us at gaywaves at 2ser.com, and we will give you all the information because we'd love to see you up at the Oxford. 
with the legend that is Penny D. And Penny, can I just thank you for doing this interview? I am so stoked and I'm very, very honoured that you asked me. Oh, anytime. And as soon as the uh, the new Legends show is out, let us know. We'll have you straight back on it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Hi, Mark Haddon here, producer of Gay Waves. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate the episode and subscribe to the channel. You can also get in touch with us. Our email address is gaywaves at 2ser.com. Find us on all social media channels. Just search Gay Waves. Thanks for listening.